right, folks, here we are, The Kicking Show, and this is our fifth episode, and pay no attention to the background. I am not at home tonight, so you don't see all the cool NASCAR stuff or the Kurt Bobblehead. I don't have it. I uh, just happened to pull up at a Honda dealership. Does not have any reference whatsoever to the Racer Magazine story today about Honda and NASCAR, but we'll, uh, we're, we're not going to talk about that. There was no news in NASCAR this week, so we're going to uh, entertain you with, wow, Justin... You pulled off a coup. You got Matt Corson on the show tonight. How'd you pull? How'd you make that happen? I did. We got a special guest today. <laughs> no, yeah. So we've we've got uh, Seth and Zach hanging out with us. Me and Jerry, like usual. But Matt also writes for Kicking the Tires. He's uh, usually been pretty busy whenever we do these recordings. So it's awesome to see a new face here on the show. Uh, 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 very familiar to us, but uh, we're proud to. Uh, introduce all you guys to Matt Corson. So Matt, how have you been lately? Doing good, man. Just slaving away at work. So I, I'm off tonight. So I get to enjoy being at home. So and the times just worked out to where I could come join you guys. So couldn't pass it up. So you, How's you Jeff enjoy, doing? Hold on. You enjoy being <laughs> at home and your day off work with Jerry? <laughs> Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> only an hour. <laughs> for only an hour. <laughs> Tell Jeff I said hi. I'll let him know next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, glad to have you on the show. Looking forward to hearing your insight. Um, uh, not too much news uh, up until today, which is Wednesday. Then, obviously, all of NASCAR broke loose with the 2021 schedule. We'll get to that later on. You'll see down in the description uh, a timestamp. If you're here just specifically for that, you can click on that. It'll skip you right up to that portion of our podcast. Um, otherwise, we'll talk about a few other things first and uh, get rolling on that. So, first off... Um, uh, Let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Let me oh, interrupt. Like, like and <laughs> subscribe. Oh, yes. Like and subscribe. And ring the bell. <laughs> and ring the bell. Yeah, ring the bell. Ring the bell. But like and... I need to do like some like animation like right here. I'm going to do that right there. <laughs> Perfect. So, Perfect. Perfect. How, how do I so, do this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, can, we can do that in post-production. But seriously, if you're watching the show, we appreciate it. We really, uh, we really uh, love the support for – uh, this has been a, a great endeavor. We're going to continue it, and uh, but but definitely uh, like and subscribe so we can get our numbers up and uh, and and continue to uh, make everybody happy and show how stupid I can be sometimes. And let us know in the comments too. Uh, Jerry and I have been talking about a goal of trying to get some drivers, uh, crew members, or uh, some other media members on our show. So let us know in the comments who you want to see on the podcast, and uh, we'll do our best to uh, maybe get you a little birthday gift here. So. But let's start with uh, some of uh, the other things outside of the schedule. So first off, Ryan Vargas with the TikTok paint scheme. I know, uh, Seth, you've been covering a lot of that. So why don't you go ahead and get every, give everyone the rundown with that, uh, why that's such a big deal and how it's important with uh, NASCAR right now. Well, for Vargas, uh, it all started actually on iRacing. Uh, one of his friends who is a paint scheme designer, uh, Ryan Pistana, uh, he designed some of the schemes that are on track. Uh, JD Motorsports comes to mind. And he created a fictional TikTok uh, car back in early July. And apparently somebody from TikTok uh, saw it, got in touch with NASCAR about sponsoring Vargas, and it was going to be a one-race deal. And the more they got to know Ryan, the more it grew, and it grew as of right now to the final six Xfinity races for this year. And the head of TikTok on Twitter, actually, uh, after the announcements of the uh, cup schedule in which some of uh, Xfinity races were announced, uh, 
even went and said that he can't wait to see Vargas on track in the number six TikTok car next year uh, fighting for the checkered flag. And for JD Moore Sports, which that's an underfunded team, uh, it they usually have a rotation of drivers. Jeffrey Earnhardt's driven for him. Mike Wallace is driven for him. David Starr, uh, Ross Chastain used to drive for them. Garrett uh, Smithley. Garrett Smithley. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on for who it's. It kind of Vinnie reminds Mil- me. Vinnie Miller. Yeah. Vinnie Miller used to drive for him. It, it kind of reminds me of the Mittler brothers, how they used to give everybody a chance at some point. And it's almost a who's who of uh, current NASCAR or possibly future NASCAR stars that have uh, come through their stable that are currently on track. Uh, for for Vargas, this is actually his first major sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And for a company the size of TikTok, and that's oriented towards, I would say, millennials, uh, Gen Z, etc., it's almost like a new wave of sponsorship is coming in there uh, focused on a newer, younger fan base. I mean, we could almost compare it to DoorDash and Cash App sponsoring Bubba Wallace in the same vein, so to speak. Yeah, Jerry, have we ever had, like, a social media platform ever sponsor NASCAR before? Well, we had a deal with Twitter as a, as a, as a total entity with nascar uh twitter and nascar had a partnership a few years ago and um not that i'm bitter about it or anything but even after talking to them in person and going out to la i'm still not verified on twitter um (laughs) and then um hashtag verified jerry yeah that dude that runs facebook um he drove a car at charlotte motor speedway one time but i don't know if it was actually a facebook uh sponsorship anywhere uh, he went out and did like a life in the you know, day in the life of, you know, uh, Zuckerberg. And uh, I think I think Dale Jr. went out there. I, so I want to say Reddit has sponsored the car. I think they sponsored Corey LaJoy in uh, the All Star Open ones. But wasn't that a fan? Was that a fan thing? Kind of like the Dogecoin with Matt Kenseth? Uh, Matt uh, It, it might have been. It might have been. But that might be the closest that we've come. Uh, to a social media network of some sort sponsoring a uh, stock car. Look, I just looked it up and I saw, I see that Landing Castle was sponsored by Snapchat in 2016. Okay. 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 Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna have to find that picture of that car. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm, like, I'm gonna plug pictures right in here and just go like, here's like yeah, all yeah. the sponsored like social media cars we've ever seen on the track. See, see, I don't I don't use a lot of Snapchat. I don't use a lot of Instagram. Um, I use Twitter without a blue check. But other than that. Jerry's not going to let that go. Matt, do you use no. TikTok at all? Uh, um, I just, I don't really create anything. I just kind of just watch and laugh, you know. <laughs> That's what Rachel does. She's like sending me like five videos every night. Like, look at this funny video. Huh? Yeah, it's like so- you're sitting there, someone sends you one, you open it, and then you have to spend the next two hours. And I was like, Dang you for sending me that. <laughs> okay, let's think about this. Why do I need a TikTok when I can go on a on on the kicking show in the parking lot of a Honda dealership in Montgomery, <laughs> Alabama? Okay, I mean I'm st- I'm in Montgomery, Alabama in a Honda dealership. I don't need TikTok because unless you want to sponsor us, if they want to sponsor us, we need you badly. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah maybe that's something that'll uh you know pique some other people's interest too but uh yes <laughs> i'll take all, right. all the sponsors I'll take all the sponsors we can get right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, we're, we're, it's always exciting to see new sponsors come in the sport. And I know it's always fun for the drivers to introduce people who maybe have never uh, been to a race before, let alone uh, sponsoring a car or something like that. So that's a cool, unique opportunity for uh, Ryan. Great, uh, great job on his part to uh, being able to market himself. Um, but going on to a couple other topics here real quick, Gracie Trotter winning in ARCA, becoming the first female to win in an ARCA sanctioned race. Now, uh, just to make sure that's clear, Haley Deegan won in a K&N sanctioned race, so it's not ARCA, although uh, most of the rulebook is somewhat similar. Um, but technically, the sanctioning body being ARCA, Gracie Trotter uh, gets those honors and getting the first win. Um, what do you guys think of this? I feel like Gracie and, and Haley are going to be probably the next two uh, females coming up. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, it's great to see a female get in the victory lane and succeed. Um, I, I don't think anyone really saw that win coming. So it kind of shocked a lot of us. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the next couple of races entail to see if she can keep it up and eventually move up the ladder into trucks and Xfinity and maybe cut some sometime down the road. See, Matt, I, I want to way in there because you i wasn't expecting it to come but seriously two weeks ago i had a conversation with some people in the in the arca series and they were like you need to watch this this young lady and i was like okay i've never really heard of her and then she goes out and wins so <laughs> lots to her well, you know says uh that you know that's an that's a heck of an accomplishment yeah well, for sure i don't really follow arca as much as i should but um i and I, like you, I'd never heard of her, so I think it just kind of caught me by surprise. It wasn't a common name, if you will. I, I may be the only one here that had heard of her beforehand, and the main reason is uh, a few years ago, uh, I was writing for a short track scene, and I covered the uh, Bojangles Summer Shootout. Gracie was the first woman to win the Young Lions uh, class uh, race in that division. She then followed that up two weeks later with a second win, uh, I think she finished second in the championship that year. I forget. But uh, she also was just the fourth woman to win uh, at Hickory Motor Speedway a few weeks ago as well. So she's been racking up some of these accolades as well, kind of under the radar to a certain point. Uh, granted, I wasn't expecting her to win this quickly. That's how I would word it. Uh, she started ninth in the race, and she got out to the lead fairly early, and she led... 95 laps, uh, at one point she had a like four-second lead at the Las Vegas bull ring, which I don't think that's very common in any car there. Uh, other than that, uh, she outran her teammates, Jesse Love, who's been dominating that series this year. Uh, and again, to a certain point, it is the same series that Haley won in a, f a handful of times. To a certain point, it's not... It, the Arca sanction rulebook, there's slight differences in the engine and the chassis, which it it's above my head for how uh, technical it is, I'll admit that. But there are differences here and there. Uh, so technically, they're different series at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Seth, you definitely touched on it. I mean, it wasn't one of those races where you kind of luck into a win. Mm -hmm. I mean, for anybody who watched it, I mean, she won it for real. I mean, she had a dominating race car. 
Uh, she had a great restart move on the inside of Jesse Love. I think it was almost three wide. I mean, she kind of got them. They kind of made contact. She swept through to the lead, and I'm like, all right, sweet. She's first laps led. Let's see how she handles. I didn't think she was going to hang on to the lead. Uh, the Sunrise four guys of like Trevor Huddleston and Lane Perkins and, and then Jesse Love. Uh, I felt like they were going to be quicker than she was, but she got out to the lead, and she maintained a solid two-second gap most of the race and got up to four seconds at one point, and I mean, there was a few late restarts, and she had all the opportunities to make the mistakes, and she didn't. She didn't make any. Uh, uh, she led almost a hundred laps, and uh, yeah, a few guys dropped out, but that's that's part of winning a race. Yeah. And only because these comparisons are going to be inevitable, there, there's no real way of avoiding them. Haley in her three wins, the most laps she ever led in any of those three races was her final win, and she led. Uh, well, I shouldn't say final, most recent. And she led sixty-six laps in that race. Didn't Gracie, she also get a win? At, didn't she also get a win at Vegas? The dirt, uh, race, dirt right? track. Yeah. Dirt track. Okay. The dirt track, and that one she only led the final lap. Okay. I believe. <laughs> uh, and for uh, Gracie, she led ninety-five laps, and those are the first laps she's led in her career. Yeah, and, and it's good for female talent. I mean, if you look at the West Series themselves. Very small field, only 12 cars win that race, 11 usually. Four of them are female. So I, it's good to see one of those, one of the series are getting a lot of female talent. And I, I mean, I remember drivers like uh, Julia Landauer and Nicole Bihar. I mean, drivers who I felt like really showed that potential, but they would only finish third, second, win an occasional pole, a lot of top fives, but they just never won. And with a series as small as the West series, even the East, I feel like the East is a little above the West just because of the talent that we usually see. But with a series like that, you just you just have to win to get attention. And that's just not for women drivers, just any driver. Uh, it's really tough nowadays with all these young drivers to stand out. And if you win just once, I mean, I think in her position, as uh, as you mentioned earlier, Justin, a lot, not, a, not a lot of people know her name, but now they do. You know, now, now this article is on NBC written, written about her and uh, this is going to be a huge, huge help for her career, and um, hopefully she wins more and she keeps her name in the fight because it's great to see Haley Deegan doing really well, uh, but, hell, it's it's have another one. It's uh, it's great to see. Yeah, I'm not sure see. if I saw the tweet that went around of the little girl watching the last lap. <laughs> yeah. She was jumping up and down, screaming, a girl won, a girl won. I just think that's so awesome for the, yeah. the young female fans of our sport to – Maybe if they didn't want to cheer for Haley Deegan, they have another option now, you know. So I, I think that was just really awesome for to see for the younger generation. Yeah. And with Danica Patrick out of the sport, you know, it's been a couple of years. I mean, it's literally perfect timing for girls like Haley and Gracie to come up the ladder. Sure. Totally. By the way, speaking of females in NASCAR, uh, I reached out to Summer. She's been working. Uh, Summer works for us and, and hadn't been on the podcast. She wants to join us next week if she can. Uh, so we're going to bring uh, – we'll have her and Sarah hopefully back next week. Uh, so that'll be at a female perspective. I wish we could have gotten them this week with, uh, <laughs> with this news uh, of the win. Definitely. All right, well, let's move on to uh, what happened out in Vegas this weekend. Um, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> uh, no, at all. Uh, so Austin Hill, we'll talk about the truck series here real quick. Uh, Austin Hill getting the win. Um, he's the first one to get locked into the round of eight because Sam Mayer won 
uh, back at Bristol last weekend. And uh, if you guys don't realize this, Austin Hill was seventh in the points lineup after that race. But because of his win, he's already locked in. Um, so that gave him a lot of nice comfort zone going into uh, uh, next weekend's race um, uh, for something like that. So uh, any any kind of extra thoughts on the truck race? I think well, go ahead, Seth. Well, I was going to say, not only that, we also had a little bit of a race within the race, and what I'm talking about is uh, Connor Daly and Travis Pastrana running uh, in, uh, essentially, they had a $1 bet uh, from their iRacing League, whichever one finished better uh, would get a framed, signed dollar bill from the other. And Connor Daly, in his NASCAR debut, well, NASCAR Oval debut, uh, finished 18. Uh, he stayed on the lead lap until the final lap when he had a transmission explode while the leaders were ha- uh, lapping him. Yeah, it was good he finish for the race under fire. He did. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was just going to say it's good for Austin Hill to bounce back. I mean, he made contact with Austin Winself in the truck race at Bristol. I think he finished somewhere in the 25th, 24th, and. I, it was good to see him bounce back because I think he had said, you know what, we're going to come back and win next weekend in Vegas, and sure enough, he did. And it was a smart race, too, for him. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. Sheldon Creed was the absolute dominator. I mean, he has been, when it comes to standout drivers in the truck series, I don't really think of Austin Hill. He kind of proved he kind of proved himself to me last year. Um, even back with Young's Motorsports, I always felt like he was a good talent, but Sheldon Creed's been killing it this year. He's had some races get away. Darlington was one of them now here, but uh, I mean, he was gaining on Hill on that outside lane, and Austin just drove up and started using that outside lane. And with that, with that fresh air, he was able to just stay ahead of him. So it was a, it was a strong race for him, but also a smart one. And uh, after the rough Bristol, I mean, you're like, he has a bad Vegas. I mean, we got Talladega. Dang, he could be out of this. He could be out of the playoffs already. So uh, for him to get that win, he has to feel amazing. Well, talking about getting out of playoffs already, Ben Rhodes not having uh, a good day in Vegas, rolling some snake eyes there. Um, so you got Ben Rhodes and Todd Gilland uh, below the cutoff line with uh, Christian Eckes, uh, Matt Kraft, and Tyler Ingram, just a few of the guys above the cutoff line. Um, uh, one race to go. Who are the two that are going to be eliminated in a round of 10? Matt, you're new. Let's start with you. You know, I think Christian Eckes and Matt Kraft, and I don't think they survived Talladega. I definitely think Ben Rhodes is going to be okay. Uh, I know he's a, he's a solid plate racer. Generally doesn't get the finishes, but he's always, he always ends up being at the front late. Uh, usually he gets wrecked out at Daytona. Don't really remember Dega too much for him, but I'll say Ben is going to be okay. Um, Todd's going to be okay. Uh, just looking at the names here, I'll probably have to say Eckes, agreeing with him. And uh, If it wasn't a plate race or a super speedway, I'll say Ankrum would be okay, but I don't I'm not really getting the feels for him for Dega. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Ankrum and Ekris going to be on their way out. Meanwhile, for me, uh, I'm kind of going to split the difference. I'm going to say Ankrum and Ben Rhodes. I, I, just something about door sport, uh, the past few years, ever since the uh, El- Elmore engine came into the truck series, and it's specifically door sport, too. No matter what happens – one of their trucks seems to have an issue uh, at some point in the weekend. And with no practice this year, it's basic or qualifying, it's basically been in race. So I, 
I I just don't see him being able to claw his way back out. Man, you know, I used to do PR for one of the satellite teams from Thor Sports, so I always hate to to pull against them. But you know, I I could see Ankrum getting knocked out. Um, but and and you know, the problem with with Talladega is that you know anything can happen. So when you start talking about Kraft and he's going to be up there and and he's going to be fighting for it, I, I I'd hate to see him get caught up in it, but but. Man, really, it, it could happen. Yeah, I, for some reason, I, I'm not feeling it with Ingram, uh, especially this year, only three top fives. Um, and out of all the playoff drivers, the least amount of laps led. Um, so I, I think it's going to be Ingram, and I might <coughs> probably put Todd Gillen in that in that bottom two to be uh, getting kicked out. So, uh, all right, well, let's go on to... Um, uh, Xfinity Series, where they started their playoffs. Chase Briscoe picking up right where he left off, uh, getting win number, what is that, eight of the year, I think? Yes. And didn't Chase Briscoe even say earlier this year that if he was going to get a cup ride, he'd have to have eight wins or something like that? He, he did he say did. that. He did, and uh, he was actually asked about that earlier this week, and he said uh, when he said that back in February that he was joking. Uh, that So... <laughs> Whether or not he was joking or whether or not he was serious, only he knows. Well, but... well he, here's the thing. I don't think he's going to get eight wins. I think he's going to get ten. So <laughs> I, 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 I think at this rate he's going to end up with 11 or 12. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the kid's on fire, and he, yeah. it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So. No, no, him and him and his and, wife both are, are two of the sweetest Xfinity people and, in the garage. And he actually told a story uh, – during the availability uh, earlier this week, he got the ride in ARCA, and I think I'm quoting this correctly, he got the ride in ARCA because uh, originally uh, Briggs Cunningham had offered the ride to Kyle Weatherman, except Kyle was eating dinner and never returned the call. Hmm. Oh, boy. And he regrets that. (laughs) So that ended up going to Chase, and the rest is kind of history. Wow. Yeah, so Briscoe getting win number eight. One notable I wanted to share about, though, because um, uh, so Rachel and I went to Vegas. Uh, Rachel covered the truck race, uh, and I got to cover Xfinity and the cup race. And um, I, I kept my eye on about five different drivers. For the most part, everyone stayed up in the top five, except for one of those five drivers I was watching all day, and that was Justin Allgaier. Boy, did he drop like a rock. Um, I don't think he scored any stage points, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, he he scored two. two in stage two. Two in stage two. Okay, so he did he did get a couple points. So, But compared to some of the other guys up there, uh, definitely nowhere near where he, he should have gotten. Um, but, man, did, they, did all of that crew get together and, and salvage – uh, a finish where he probably shouldn't even finish in the top five and sure enough he brings it home fourth somehow um and that's what a championship team does is they they try to minimize points loss as much as they can and and get what they can or in some cases when they gamble uh get something that they probably shouldn't be getting and and sneak away with it so uh kudos to that team um i know that's one that i've picked to be in the final four um don't really have an elimination race coming up and i know we've kind of already talked about who we think are going to be in the final four for xfinity except for you matt so 
Uh, why don't you go ahead and chime in? Who do you think are going to be your final four for the Xfinity uh, playoffs? Yeah, so uh, I could definitely see um, Ross Chastain. Uh, he's kind of dug himself in a little bit of a hole, but we got Talladega coming up. He definitely won at Daytona last year, so uh, maybe he can pull some rabbit out of the hat next weekend. Um, Chase Briscoe, for sure. How can you go against him? I mean, obviously, Al Geyer, too, coming off. Uh, he's at four straight top fives now, which I think he should be. That's crazy to think because he had a really bad start last season and start to this year. So I mean, to rally off four straight top fives going in to the playoffs, I mean, what better time to do it? I told you guys earlier that uh, on, I think, show one or two that Algar was a real deal. And I, I expect him to go to Cup. Um, you know, he, he plays it down and he's, you know, he plays his cards pretty close to the best, but, uh, you know, that, that kid, he knows what he's doing and, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely a threat. I do want to point out a, you know, a couple of good run. Well, one good run that turned bad and then one good one that ended great. And that was definitely Ryan Sieg. He was, he was one guy who jumped out to me. It's, it's been a weird year for him. I feel like he started mm -hmm. off really well. Uh, before COVID, but since then, uh, he went a while without a top 10, and now he's he's starting to kind of put together some finishes, uh, but that was great to see, you know, him back uh, back in the lead for a little bit, and actually racing Chastain for the lead legitimately, that was super cool, he couldn't get the pass done, but uh, he was up in the top three, top five, I think he had a bad pit stop a little later, and I thought, eh, my competition's so close, might, might be tough to get back to where he was, but he ends up with the top five and a lot of points earned. And uh, it was just a, a solid night for him. Uh, and then the guy who was, who ended up finishing poorly was Chastain. I don't, maybe you guys know if he had an issue or not, but I mean, he, he was so he, who strong, he so strong early. Yeah. yeah I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he ended up being the worst finisher, even behind Brandon Brown. I think he was 16. Uh, so, I mean, overall he didn't lose a ton of points, uh, but yeah, I just I heard he hasn't been able, he hasn't been able to get that win yet this year, and uh, we saw Bristol. I mean, he was it's definitely in his head to a certain point, but I mean, he's such a talented driver. Um, I think he's always going to race as hard as he can. Doesn't matter if he has like Chase Briscoe's eight wins, so or if he's winless, um, I think he's always going to race the same. So that's what I love about him. Well, just a quick explanation on Ryan Sieg. Uh, yeah, the middle of the season wasn't the best for him. Uh, about the midpoint of the season, uh, they actually formed a partnership with uh, Rayon Brothers Racing in the Truck Series for Rayon to take over fielding of the 93 car that Mike Snyder and Jeff Green drive. So that way, C could focus on the 39. And when they did that, the performance of the 39 car started to get back up to where it's been. And in the playoffs, I think they're leasing a ECR motor similar to uh, Brandon Brown. And it seems like, you know, they came to life this week. I want to set back real quick. I said, you know, Algar would end up in cup. He's already been in cup. Just he had a, he had a ride with H Scott motorsports and that, that team went away and then he ended up where he's at now. Uh, so I, I, I specifically think that he may be a candidate for a Hendrick ride. So that's, I, I wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, perfect. So, yeah, we've got uh, with the Xfinity Series, like I said, two more races before uh, their next cutoff. So they got Talladega and the Roval, same with Cup. 
we got Chastain, Annette, Herbst, and Brown uh, below the cutoff line right now. Um, but going to Cup, man, that race. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the race was actually kind of um, lackluster up until that caution during that green flag pit stop. And boy, did that change everything. Um, I don't and, know that that contact between, you know, uh, what was it? Ha uh, Hamlin moving up the track, pushing Kyle into uh, Joey Logano. I mean, those guys already hate each other. They have a history <laughs> of fighting at Las Vegas. I figured after the race that they were going to tie into each other. And, you know, but that uh, that didn't happen, apparently. But still, of of any driver in the garage, how is it that the two that hate each other the most that, you know, they, they trash talk each how can they always end up getting contact and ruining each other's day? They always say you got to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think, you know, cutting a tire down and, you know, tearing up the, the, uh, the you know, the fenders are, uh, is, is exactly what they're talking about. But I was happy to see the winner of that race, uh, with some strategy and some good luck with some uh, cautions falling the way they, they did. Here, I was here. I was just gonna blame your uh, magic bobblehead. <laughs> Y'all laughed at me. Y'all laughed at me, and and Kurt, mm. Kurt is locked in to the next round. The magic bobblehead was right. Yeah, Barry. That incident between Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. Whenever I saw the M and M's car and the Pennzoil car tangle up going into turn three, that was reminiscent of just a few years ago. And yeah. I thought to myself, I was like, man, this is like deja vu. <laughs> There's gonna be a fight. Yeah. yeah, here's a fun fact. That's the race Rachel and I met. Uh, was uh, that that spring or that April uh, 2020 or 2017 race when uh, Kyle and Joey got together on pit road? Yeah, that met, was my... married. Yeah, the rest is history. Yep, that was my first race at Las Vegas, so it was pretty memorable to go to that one. <laughs> Meanwhile, I think there would have been more frustration in that issue if it wasn't for Denny. I mean that move that he made to the bottom was so last minute. I mean yeah. we saw the uh, we saw the uh, the onboards now almost starting to turn into the corner almost, and he pops out to the inside um, super early in the race to make a move like that. But I mean I'm never gonna criticize people for racing aggressively. Race aggressively on the first lap, ten laps in, I don't care. I just want to see some fun racing. So he went for the move, and I think Kyle just wasn't able to to time it out like it, it kind of shocked them a little bit and joey probably didn't even know he was top of three wide so they all kind of yeah. come together and uh it ended up being a tough decision that the 22 had to make because he didn't he wasn't losing a tire but he had a bunch of smoke and it ended up being i guess we'll never know if it was a good decision or not but it ended up not being that many cautions so he got stuck a lap down and it took a long time for him to even gain positions but hey at the end of the day he may have cutting a tie and crashed and finishing 38th. So I would say it was still a good decision to, to pit. Yeah. I would say, I would say the two drivers that had a frustrating nights or at least frustrating ends to the night would probably end up being uh, Chase Elliott and Austin Dillon. Uh, Austin Dillon with uh, mm -hmm. the water and oil belt uh, failures that caused him to overheat, go to pit road, and he lost, so I believe, eight or nine laps. He was able to get one or two back uh, through the wave round. They changed Chase, it. They changed it in eight laps. His yeah. water temps got up to three hundred and thirty degrees. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. Your car is not supposed to run that hot. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, for Chase Elliott, he it looked like on the final restart he was going to line up 
essentially where Cole Custer lined up uh, at Kentucky a few weeks ago, or about a few months ago, I should say. And Ryan Newman uh, popped out in line in front of him, and he just could not get around Newman and uh, fell back like a rock. There was nothing he could do at that point. Although I will say, I think it's his favorite track at this point, or one of his. Uh, the Roval is next week. So uh, he probably has a decent chance at that. Uh, Taldega, uh might as well just put a bunch of names in a hat and pull one out. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think one last guy was Bowman, who I would say was really disappointing. I mean, obviously Chase's teammate. I, I don't think he has as well a track record on the Roval and Talladega, but he had such a – he had a great car on Sunday. Uh, one of the – it was three or four guys who I felt like were right, right in the hunt, but he was, he was kind of one of them. Uh, he went from nearly winning it. If it ran green to the end, he had mm-hmm. those tires, and it was going to be really close. I was so jacked because there was Denny behind him. Who was chasing Bowman? Bowman was chasing De Benedetto, who was behind Kurt. They were all kind of coming together. I think it was like eight to go, which was like the perfect amount of time. Uh, but that really ended up hurting Bowman, and he goes from winning and advancing in to now he's only I think nine points to the good with two of the most demanding tracks of the year. So that that was that was a killer for him. Yeah, and then um, obviously Kurt Busch getting the win. Uh, again, another guy getting a win that's around that bubble line. In fact, this time below, he would have been uh, below that cutoff line by uh, two points, and that would have put Kyle above the cutoff line. But that win locking him in uh, secures that playoff spot. He doesn't have to worry about Talladega or the Roval. Um, uh, that puts Kyle Busch, his brother, below the cutoff line, and uh, Boyer, Almarola, and Dylan with his unfortunate um uh day at that race even though he was running top five top ten all day uh those are going to be the bottom four um but let's talk about the other two guys that weren't in the playoffs that had really that took really good advantage of that timely caution um and that's matt de benedetto getting pretty much sweeping second place at vegas and ryan blaney showing that he didn't get eliminated in the first round for uh nothing um so two playoff two non-playoff drivers uh showing some good strength there um, he got he got eliminated because he didn't get enough points, but he he definitely didn't you know never forgot how to race and he uh, he he was he was battling it hard there at Vegas just like you know Matt Matt D getting uh, eliminated in the first round still battling neither one of them gave up and uh, you, you know that that shows what kind of racers they are uh, I didn't think anybody would get around Kurt unless it was Denny because Denny had you know tires yeah. and fast car but Kurt was going to make that car as wide as possible and he's done drag racing he's done other forms of motorsports he pulled out a few magic tricks out of his hat to uh to, on those restarts there it worked in his favor and he uh, he was able to sail away um but i say sail away he got out front and and it, i don't know if anybody would have passed him other than like i said maybe denny yeah it's like Kurt said post-race he said denny wasn't going to get around me because he had more to lose than i did so <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> oh, and oh, and breaking news: the Monday night NASCAR sponsored by Kicking the Tires. Mario Andretti wants to run another race with us, and uh, uh, apparently they're going to do uh, IndyCar uh, at Indy again on either the 12th or the 19th of October. Can so, except it's uh, not going to be broadcasted that one, though. It's not going to be broadcast, but but props to Ford Martin. And props to Paul Sutton for for putting this whole deal together. We were honored to be a, a sponsor and an, uh, you know of the inaugural season, 
And uh, but yeah, they've done a great job, and uh, I hold uh, you know my hat is off to them, and uh, have have the the utmost respect for what they've been able to do. And I believe for their season finale, which included Mario Andretti, uh, Max Pappas, Bobby Labonte, and of uh, Ryan Vargas, as well as myself and other media members, uh, I believe they had somewhere around seven thousand viewers total. Oh wow! Which it's pretty sizable. I I'm not sure what the average numbers are for podium, but back to the real life schedule. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so... my 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 race didn't go well, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your race went better than mine, so <laughs> or mine. Uh, all right. So with the 2021 schedule last night, Chris Snyder over at Catch Fence breaking it first, and uh, NASCAR this morning releasing it uh, officially uh, on their website. Um, we've got a lot of changes to talk about with this 2021 schedule. Uh, a couple of notables first, just to kind of get these out first, and then um, we'll, we'll talk about each of these individually. Uh, but the clash is going to be uh, first thing, like usual, but it's going to be on the Daytona Road Course, not the Oval. Um, after the Daytona 500 and Homestead, we've got the uh, West Coast Swing with Auto Club, Vegas, and Phoenix. Uh, then we go back to the east coast uh, out in georgia with atlanta and then our first short track of the year at bristol but on dirt whether you like it or not um <laughs> then we'll hit martinsville and richmond uh pretty much uh the schedule through uh the rest of april and most of may is pretty much the same up until we get around memorial day weekend uh the weekend before being at circuit of the americas B-O-T-A. There's my TikTok for the night. And why he was backing up. <laughs> Jerry, are there uh, are there anyone around you right now? Uh, other than security and police trying to figure out what I'm doing now. Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look behind you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Circuit of the Americas coming on uh, with... Now, this is an interesting deal. Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, the people that own Texas Motor Speedway, took their track uh, time from Texas that would have been their spring race. They moved it to Circuit of the Americas. They're going to lease the track uh, from the, the folks that run Coda. They're going to run a road course NASCAR Cup Series event there. And then Texas is going to get the all-star race in June. So yep. that's actually a really big change. And, you know, for, for me being from Texas, I've been advocating for Coda to get a Cup Series race. Yeah. Heck, I've been advocating for it to get an Xfinity Series race ever since, you know, uh, just in case you didn't know this, Kurt Busch actually ran the first Cup Series car at Coda back in, I think, 2013 when he, run, when he ran for Furniture Row Motorsports. He went out there and did a trade-off with the V8 supercars. But Tony Stewart did it a year or so ago uh, in the, the 14 car as a one-off kind of test thing before F1 got to town. And I was down there taking photos of that. So big props to Speedway Motorsports, Marcus Smith, uh, being able to pull that off and get Coda on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. I actually went down to Coda last year. Um, I got to go down for the Trans Am race that they had down there. It's kind of a unique opportunity that came up for me. And I was just impressed with that facility. It's a world-class racetrack for sure. They got that cool little tower down in the middle of the racetrack. You can go up and get a really cool view 
Um, you got the skyline of Austin down in the background and the airport's right there. You got flyovers all day long. So um, I, I'm really excited for uh, NASCAR to get down to Southern Texas. You got a lot around the area, San Antonio, Austin. Um, it's a market that we've never really had. So it'll, it's great for the sport. What did you think of the media center? I didn't get to go in the media center. Oh, dude, it's it's built for F1, so it's like 20 times bigger than whatever we have on Cup. Let me guess, all your desks have like 30 buttons on them, just like the F1 steering wheels? No, 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 but but it is huge, and, and you, know, you will have plenty of room to social distance next year when you come to COTA. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so- I mean, I – oh, sorry. Um, I'm definitely really, really excited – about this change. I mean, just as the news was kind of coming in uh, today, I mean, last night and then officially today, uh, that was, that was one that really stood out to me. Just someone who's, uh, who's followed F1 for um, a decent amount of years now. Um, Just in that same realm, it kind of joins that short list of tracks that have run Formula One IndyCar and NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, Not, not too many, honestly. I mean, Watkins Glen is one, but for Coda, I mean, a fairly new facility uh, to have F1 NASCAR and now Cup in eight years' time, I mean that's incredibly yeah. impressive. So they had, Moto, they had MotoGP too. And MotoGP cars. sports cars, yeah. Yeah, they've I mean, had a lot of different. They've had a lot of different uh, series there. And uh, yeah. hey, that MotoGP stuff—that's that's crazy. Those guys yeah. in MotoGP are nuts. <laughs> but uh, it's yes. gonna be insane. It's gonna be insane seeing Cup cars there. I I can yeah. race. I I I race. I race dirt motocross and supercross but man i could never uh uh-uh, uh nope not on asphalt no thank you nope i want yes. four wheels on asphalt <laughs> but so, what a big year it is it's going to be for texas i mean jerry was one of the first people i thought of because yeah you got the debut of coda you got the all-star race at texas i'm one of the few people who really enjoys texas and the new layout i think it, it breeds you know a lot of desperate moves on restarts because it is tough to get down to that bottom lane uh, a lot of aggression, more than more than most mile and a half, and they still keep a points race, and it's in the playoffs. So I mean, I don't think they really lost too much. I mean, they lost a point race, but they gained a non-point race, which can well, possibly lead to more excitement. When I talked to Eddie Gossage today, he was like, and he told everybody this too. You know, he he always wanted the the All Star race, but that was Charlotte's race, and he didn't want to covet thy neighbor's, you know, possession. <laughs> Yeah. Or thy brother, that covet thy neighbor, thy brother's possessions is what he said. But here's here's the thing: they've got the the all star race now, and more importantly than just that, they got off of opening day of hunting season at Texas Motor Speedway. So you know when when they were racing back in uh, November or the first weekend of November uh, or the last weekend of October, that that bumps up right up to hunting season. When, look, that's a big deal in Texas. It may not be a big deal the rest of the country, but deer season in Texas is like, it's it, it's a national holiday in our state. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was always a, a troublesome issue with uh, with having fans in the stands. And this is going to be a big deal for him uh, running, I think, on the 16th or 17th that, that weekend uh, of October. 17th. Uh, 17th, 17th. Yeah. See, not bad. Not bad for memory. I've been driving all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coda not being the only new road course on the Cup schedule, at least. Uh, Cup is also now going to be racing at Road America and the Indianapolis road course. I think we saw a really good finish uh, on Indianapolis um, 
uh, last year with the or, or earlier this year I mean uh, with the Xfinity series so uh, definitely looking forward to that and one new oval track right after the all-star race at Texas we are going to Nashville All right, we're not excited about that. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm pumped. Yeah. I was going to say, Matt, you're over by Nashville. Uh, there you go. You can you can stay at home and don't have to be at a hotel, right? Or does is it a little bit further of a drive than that? Oh, no, 15 minutes. I can throw a rock and hit it. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So I could fly my drone from his house and hit the track with the drone. Yep. It's, it's pretty much that close. Um, and actually, I've been to Nashville when they raced there. Uh, Bobby Hamilton won the race that I was at uh, there. Um, I was doing PR for a Thor Sports satellite team at the time. So uh, so I'm excited about it, uh, but it's going to be different because of the cup cars running there versus trucks Xfinity or whatever. And I think Steve O'Donnell said too today that they're bringing the low downforce package as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the cars are completely different than what they were 10 years ago. And I'm sure maybe with some VHT, PJ1, whatever you want to call it, um, hopefully Nashville can put on in the exciting race. I know a lot of people are bummed that it's not the fairgrounds. I've been by yeah, the fairgrounds. Did. There's no way it's going to be a cup race anytime soon. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the Nashville market, just, not just because I live here. But, I mean, the closest tracks around here, Bristol, Talladega, I was going to say Kentucky, but can't say that now. So uh, um, it's good for Middle Tennessee to get back on the map. And, and it's kind of ironic, Nashville lost to Kentucky back in 2011, and now they get the race and Kentucky's off the schedule. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to mention uh, too is, um, uh, uh, you know, obviously none of the playoff races were affected, so we're still, we've still got the same uh, layout there. But Chicagoland and Kentucky uh, losing some races. Uh, did that kind of surprise you guys? I know a lot of fans thought that Chicagoland really has been putting on some really good races, if not probably the best out of the uh, mile and a half tracks. I think Chicagoland, I think once the news started trickling out, I want to say it was around April or so that NASCAR was wanting to sell some land there, build some well, build some warehouses. I think Jerry got to that one. But um, I think ever since that news came out and – then, of course, I think it was May, they announced that they laid off all their staff. I think it was kind of inevitable that Chicagoland wasn't going to be on the schedule next year. Um, the track's in the middle of nowhere. It's actually nowhere near Chicago. So um, I enjoyed my visit out there last year. Seeing Alex Bowman win um, was really cool to see, not knowing now that that's the last race that was going to be there. But I, I liked going to Kentucky, man. I think Cincinnati is a great area. Um there's a lot of diehard fans in that part of the country. Um, you got Louisville right there. Indy's a short drive. Lexington. So um, I'm kind of bummed about seeing Kentucky, but I know the racing hasn't been so great there lately, aside from a couple good finishes. So, um, but yet again, Nashville won out on that one. So I'm, I'm a little happy for that. <laughs> Quick question. Quick question. Does anybody here know what Cincinnati WKRP is? No. No. Okay, never mind. Okay. Well, Those that are watching this podcast will figure out that y'all are all a bunch of youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> it was a TV show back in the, uh, you know, back, back before you guys were born. It had Lonnie Anderson on it. So, uh, but yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah. <laughs> she was hot. Okay. She was hot. Go, go, go look, go look up Lonnie Anderson. And, and Probably anyway, not when Rachel's but, around. 
Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> look, I loved Kentucky. You know, Mark Simendinger uh, put out the, the press release last night that they weren't going to have a race. Uh, that was sad uh, to see those guys pull mm-hmm. off the schedule. I don't think we were actually surprised by it. Uh, but, you know, Tim Bray, uh, the PR guy out there, he, he has done a terrific job and always treated us great. They've had several other PR people that I just love dearly, and, and I hope that they can uh, – that, you know, they can do other things at the track and or, or maybe, you know, I'll find a job somewhere else in, in SMI if that's possible. I know there's been a lot of layoffs, but there were some really great people at Kentucky. Chicago, I was never a huge fan of Chicagoland Speedway. Um, it's not Chicagoland Speedway to me. It's 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 the state. I'm not a big fan of Illinois as a whole, uh, but it's the, the track's actually located in Joliet, uh, which is an hour south of, of you know, downtown Chicago. So, you know, you felt like, as Matt said, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was, it was different. The racing had been good. They're coming to arrest me. Uh, <laughs> the, talking the racing, bad about Illinois. <laughs> yeah. The racing hit, well, I'm in Alabama, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> the racing had been good for a while, but it hadn't always been good there. And I don't know if you guys remember or not. I think it was the Tropicana orange, like rolled down the front stretch at one of that, at like the yeah, inaugural yes. race or uh, something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they've had some they've had some crazy it, stuff it, happen at, I, at Chicagoland. I think that might have actually been two thousand four. I I do remember it was Todd Zegedy that was uh out qualifying. on track qualifying. Yeah. And the reason why I remember his name is uh being from up north, uh he was always uh running modifieds or push north way back when. So the name just it, it's always stuck with me because it's somebody I grew up watching. Yeah. An orange rolling down the track. Yeah. A giant orange. I still want to say I still can't believe NASCAR started that race last year with the weather that was coming in because that storm was wild. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, it's not too surprising that, you know, both tracks are losing dates. It's kind of ironic Kentucky is losing a date to Atlanta because Atlanta lost its second date to Kentucky way back when. Right. Uh, Hmm. And I will say this, uh, at least for Alex Bowman, the two races he wins, Chicagoland and Auto Club, it's only a few months later that one shuts down and the other is being transformed into a short track or announced that's going to be. So it's almost like Alex Bowman is a little bit of a track killer. Lately. Well, that's okay. He's, he's not going to be happy with me because I'm, 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 I know he's above the cut line, but I'm picking him to get knocked out. I, I, so, so I'm already in trouble with Alex. This podcast. So, but, he's not from uh, Illinois. Know, so. yeah. Marcus Smith actually said today uh, on one of the interviews that we were on, um, it was a better business decision to move the race back to Atlanta uh, than to uh-huh. keep it in Kentucky. So here's some things that you might not know about Atlanta. Obviously, the headquarters of Coca-Cola and a lot of other major uh, uh, big Fortune 500 companies. Uh, Georgia Pacific has a big presence there. Yeah. But they're building a casino there, or they're trying to get a casino built yeah. there. So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes in that Hampton, Georgia region. Oh yeah, by the way, they filmed Walking Dead there, which is this is going to be the last season. But they filmed they filmed Zombieland there. They filmed. There's a lot of different things that Atlanta Motor Speedway does that you never hear about. But they are huge in the movie and entertainment industry. So uh, you know, to get a track there, uh, another race there at that track is going to be even bigger for their bottom line. So that's a you know, I hate. 
that you know Ed Clark has retired, uh, but you know Brandon Hutchinson is he's a great guy and he's going to do a, a a really good job running that track. I mean he was he was Ed's right hand man for for forever. So um, it, it's it's a great facility. It's in good hands and there's some really good people there. The PR staff is is amazing, uh, and and I actually. It's one of my favorite tracks on the circuit, and I'm not ashamed to say that. The media center is golden too. Yes, the quick, food. Quick tri- yeah, quick trip uh, this, is my quick trip is my is you know. And, and, like, and yeah. not that I'm going <laughs> to cut you guys off on that, but uh, this year was supposed to be my first trip to Atlanta, and mm-hmm. it was supposed to be my first trip as media to Atlanta. So I still have yet to uh, experience that media center. I was there for four hours. Yeah. Well, me and Jay were there when they when they yeah. closed the sport down. I went yeah. back in in June, but I was outside the track, so you didn't miss a damn thing this year. But every other year prior, <laughs> oh gee, thanks. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's a killer track, and and Jerry mentioned the uh, the market. I mean, that was something that that Ben Kennedy and Steve really touched on. I mean, every question was like, what what are the biggest markets, and that's where we went to align ourselves with. Yeah. Uh, the movie industry is huge there. I myself have shot four or five films uh in the atlanta area it's just they're calling it the hollywood of the east coast because of just the taxes and just they're able to film uh and set things up at a, at a much better price than than over there in la so it's ex- exploding there and i i'm not really surprised about the chicago uh chicagoland um situation because i mean i think matt just mentioned it we kind of saw that one coming um i i don't know because we don't know the xfinity or truck schedules yet i don't know if if those two tracks are still up for Xfinity truck races well, or if they're down some, down for the hour? Some of them announced uh, Xfinity truck races. Some didn't. Uh, I know Coda announced that they're going to be a triple header. I know Texas announced their uh, Xfinity date in the playoffs. Uh, I believe there were a handful of others that announced uh, triple a, header. A truck, or, so. there's, a truck, there's a truck race and an Xfinity race ahead of the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway as well. So, so as, and like I was saying, you can kind of piecemeal a schedule together to a certain degree, but you'll have some gaps and some holds, which are typically the standalone races that Xfinity or truck would have. And it's where those are that I think are some of the bigger question marks right now. There's a short track outside Indianapolis. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of them. Well, well for the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway, the cup race is moving from the oval to the road course. In conjunction, uh, it's going to be a doubleheader weekend with IndyCar. They have said that they don't know uh, what they're doing with Xfinity as of yet. Hmm. So, well, if they, if they want to make a lot of Xfinity fans happy, they'll go, like Matt said, they'll run it down the road. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I I could see maybe the trucks returning there. I don't see Xfinity returning there, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Jerry, one question. Uh, obviously, uh, NASCAR usually releases the schedule in, like, August or so, and here we are. Uh... No, NASCAR, well, okay, so hold on. They used to release the schedule in August. Then they started releasing it in uh, March or April, and I hate it when they do that. And now they had to do it this year in August because or September because – of COVID. So, uh, it's, okay. it, they, had, they had backed it up. We used to get the schedule between August and now, uh, I think it's been as late as the beginning of October once, 
Um, and the only reason why I know this is because every time I see this, every time we're working on schedules, while all the schedule stuff was working last night, I was online. I know Matt did too. I was online getting hotels before the prices go up. <laughs> and that's another way, that is another way that you verify race schedules. If you think you have a date, then you go to the, tr the, the hotels uh, closest to that track on that date and you see how much they've gone up and you know that most likely that's going to be a race weekend. So that's, uh, that's another you know, you know, way of, of verifying uh, what, the, what the schedule was that we were doing last night. But hmm. when we were releasing it in April or May, it really hurts because you can only make reservations uh, you know, about 11 to 12 months out. So you can only get the first quarter of the season. I've got reservations for hotels all the way up to you know August of next year, so we're doing pretty good. Nice. Hey man, just get Airbnb. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> get my stuff a week before the race and still save a lot more money than you. You probably you're more. probably right. I was gonna say, are probably... we all just gonna do an Airbnb for Phoenix well, uh, next year? Well, I'll, I'm working on a deal. I'm working on a deal. <laughs> and, and for me, I usually just book through my dad because he's a travel agent, so. Uh, he gets some pretty good rates, I'll admit that. But uh, technically speaking, uh, they didn't say as far as Indianapolis if it's going to be a 400-mile or a 400-kilometer or whatever the length it's going to be for the road course, uh, the length of the race, that is. So technically speaking, I guess the Brickyard 400 could continue, but be a 400-kilometer race on the road course? A 400-mile race on the road course? There's going to be some guys <laughs> passing out. <laughs> That's why I said 400-kilometer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, lots of new tracks added to this schedule. We'll just finish it up with this. Uh, with Jerry, we'll start with you. What's the one new track you're looking forward to seeing them race at? You know, I've never been to Road America. Uh, so I'm happy for that, but honest to God, my, my I, the track that I'm glad we're going to is Coda, and uh, and and I said that I got in trouble earlier by uh, a certain track promoter in in my area who was like, oh, you're happy to see a race go to Coda. I said, but not at the expense of your track. So and that's what's <laughs> that's exactly the answer that Steve. I think Steve O'Donnell was listening or you know somehow tapped into my my call with this person because Steve O'Donnell today, when I asked him about Coda, he's like, we always liked Coda. We all, we played it down because we didn't want it to come at the expense of Texas Motor Speedway. And <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm happy that Coda is getting a race. I'm happy that it's an SMI promotion. I'm happy that Texas is getting a really cool deal with the all-star race. And I get to see great racing in my home state. And look, my reservation for the hotels for Austin, I've already got them. I'm staying at the airport for 77 bucks a night. I'm going to the, I'm going to be there for three days. And, you know, mm -hmm. if y'all show up, I'll be happy to take you guys out on the town on 6th Street. <laughs> oh, I have it. I actually have two rooms. So if anybody needs one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? What's the, what's the one race you're looking forward to? Yeah, so I'm kind of like Jerry. I've never been to Road America. It's actually the only track on the schedule that I haven't been to. So I'm really looking forward to going up to Wisconsin, 4th of July weekend. That was a little shocker for me that they scheduled it for then. But I'm sure it's going to be real cool. Um, I've heard the environment up there is really nice. So I'm looking forward to that. I think I've read that it's like a state park. The racetrack's in the state park with how smooth it is out there. So I'm looking forward to that. I also got my hotel room for $75 last night. 
So, <laughs> um, but nice. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Bristol on dirt. I mean, I, I don't like the idea, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, I've been going to Bristol for the last 10 straight years. It's my home track until next year. So, uh, I love going to that place. People there are like family. Um, we camp outside the racetrack all week long and just enjoy the race. So Bristol on dirt is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most, whether if it's good or not. Zach, I know you're eager for a track. What is it? <laughs> is it Bristol dirt? Are we getting into it? Are we starting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to touch on it. I had a, I had a couple I wanted to mention uh, before we get into that, but uh, Road America, for sure. I agree with them. I've never been there. Uh, they made the Xfinity Series. I've, I've been going 10 years now, uh, and I have thoroughly enjoyed those races. Um, a lot of different winners and a lot of a lot of passing zones. It's a massive mm -hmm. track, over four miles. Uh, and after those 10 years, we kind of have a good taste of what cup cars might be like, um, as opposed to like an indie road course that only has one race in Coda that's never seen a stock car race. But uh, I just wanted to mention uh, two things that also stood out to me on the schedule that were kind of surprises, and that was the double headers and midweek races that were kind of lacking. Uh, those those were two things that we saw this year. Um, Pocono is repeating what they did this year with a double header, but no one else is. Like well, it, it was it was really one of the hot zones of the 2020 campaign was seeing two races on a weekend. It, I felt like it was fairly popular, and obviously it kind of helps I, when you're trying to make up races um but I, yes, I, want, I want to say the reason why there's no midweek races or double headers outside Pocono anyway uh I want to say the reason is because uh the way they were building the schedule they were building it with backups in case of uh any COVID related issues that pop up next year so I want to say they may have been trying to leave space open in case they need it. No, honestly, it. they didn't get the TV ratings that they wanted. It, it, just, that's, yeah, it okay. came down to that. But TV is happy yeah. with the way that their, their fee structure is uh, from their you know, sponsors and advertisers. And, and look, we have a long season. It's not going to get any shorter anytime yeah. soon. Um, we didn't. We didn't mention that Dover also lost a race. Uh, you know, in Michigan. Yeah. Michigan lost in Michigan a race as well. well which, so, um, I'm surprised by that one. Uh, I'm not surprised by Dover. Uh, I think it'll yeah. be a time. I think there'll be a time when we may not go back to Dover. So, hmm. and I'm the only one who hasn't said a race that I'm excited for. Um, being honest, I've. I've been to Roval races as far as like the Daytona road course. Uh, I was there for the 2017 Rolex. Uh, I was at, uh, I've been at the Charlotte Roval several times, but I've never been to a natural road course. So I'm excited for Road America and for Coda. Um, as far as my schedule, knowing uh, my other job at the college here in Mooresville, that probably leaves me with Road America as my option for next year for a natural road course. <laughs> you have seven options yeah. next year, which yeah. is twenty percent. I, I said a natural awesome. road course, though. Twenty percent, yeah. Right. Well, twenty percent of the schedule is uh, is road course races, which I'm okay with. I actually like road course races, but I guess yeah. we've probably gone a little long tonight. But I have to give a shout out to someone before we go. Her name is Curry. She was my waitress tonight at Dreamland Barbecue. She's a big, uh, big <laughs> racing fan. <laughs> 
And uh, I told her, I said, if you watch all the way through, I'll give you a shout out on, on our podcast. So hopefully uh, she'll, uh, she'll see it. Really a good waitress. Dreamland Barbecue in Mobile, Alabama. Amazing barbecue. And I'm from Texas, so if I say that, that's saying <laughs> You guys wrap it up and uh, and and let's uh, let's let's call it a night. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for hanging out, everyone. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess my track. I'm looking forward to Nashville. That's uh, that's gonna be my track. But gosh, a big shakeup with the schedule. A big shakeup with the Cup playoffs and uh, um, some big stories with uh, Xfinity and Truck playoffs coming up here in the next few weeks. It's gonna be a fun uh, second half of these playoffs uh, to see who we get to crown as the uh, 2020 champions but uh for seth eggert and zach contends ready matt kerson thanks again for joining us uh first time on the show and then jerry jordan as well uh thanks for watching and and we we'll hope to see you next week i'm gonna get out of here before they arrest me <laughs> <laughs>